Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. And today we're going to Los Angeles, where the weather's a little warmer than it is in Toronto. And we're going to talk to Emily K. Miller, get that last name. So, Emily, tell us the organization you work for. So uh, my organization is called Ethos Giving. It is um, a consulting firm. We work with businesses and families that want to give back better and make a difference, not just with their philanthropy, but with a number of different components of their uh, giving and various activations. And we support that work. And we also have a piece of technology called Ethos Tracking that is a partner software to that work that helps all of our clients and customers track and manage their impact data. Okay, let's start with your academic background. Where did you go to school? I went to UCLA for undergraduate here in Los Angeles, and I have a law degree from the University of Arizona in Tucson, so always uh, seeking good weather. (laughs) Warm weather, yes, absolutely. Okay. Talk about your work experience. Where did you start your work? I was really lucky. Right out of college, I was able to get a fellowship in Washington, D.C., working on public policy and advocacy, um, all for domestic matters here in the United States, um, and had the opportunity to wear a lot of hats from advocacy to communications to community relations, um, organizing, and identified very early on that I wanted to have a career in social impact. Excellent. Okay, so having said that, tell us about your team. And Absolutely. Are they all located in uh, Los Angeles? or? So our folks live um, actually across the country. We have a number of people in California, uh, we have one New Yorker, and since the firm started, we've had people dotted throughout the United States. So far, nowhere outside the U.S., but happy to change that. Um, the way that our team works, um, all of our uh, various people wear what, what we call manager hats, but they're essentially helping to really do the day-to-day operations, support, writing, research, for all of our clients um, so that we can plug in and offer value wherever is needed across the social impact spectrum. We've even had people plug in when folks have taken parental leave or that sort of thing. Um, So we're a Swiss Army Knife team that can help plus up our partners um, in a myriad of ways. Emily, where did the name come from? It's a great question. So, you know, one of the things that I identified very quickly was that I wanted a name that showed our intentionality. Um, If people work with us, you know, we're really about the the mechanics of doing good. We want it to be great. Um, And we believe in what we're doing. And so we want to work with people who are like-minded and actually care about the work being excellent, not just about it sounding excellent. Uh, And so I I wanted to search for a name that really spoke to that sense of ethics, that sense of morality and responsibility. And that is where ethos came from. So hopefully when people hear our brand, um, they identify that we're, we're in it for a kind of a higher purpose. 
what are your sources of revenue? So all of our revenue um, on the ethos giving side comes from our consulting work. We have uh, hourly opportunities. We do project work that's usually two to six months. And then we have retainer projects um, where we have worked with the same partners for years. Um, and that's a, a monthly you know, opportunity that, that continues. On the tracking side for Ethos Tracking, our revenue comes in from subscriptions to our software service. Um, those are annually renewed. And then on that side of the house, we also offer extra support. So think of us as accountants for social good, and we'll help you measure, tabulate, calculate your social good work, um, and then help put forward you know, PowerPoints and, and other reports related to that. Yeah. The role of government in terms of what you do, you have a very, <laughs> I don't know how to describe your government, dynamic uh, governor in California, an unusual president, an unusual previous president. How do you maneuver yourself through the government layers? You know, it's a great question. I. Um have been lucky that I've worked at the federal level. So I, I, you know, have existed with federal government kind of public policy work, and then also here at the municipal level in Los Angeles. Um, and so really understand city government and, and county government um, from my, my past work experiences. And what I'll say is the way that I see all impact work, no one can do anything by themselves. The government sector is a great partner um, and I think alongside philanthropy, alongside community, alongside business, when you bring everyone to the table, you can get a tremendous amount done. So the way that we view engaging with government is really that. We, we see them as a critical partner at the table. If we have clients that are working on literacy or working on uh, parks and beautification of public spaces, um, you know, health and safety, health and human services, all of those have very clear government partnerships from local to federal. And we'll actually work with our clients to identify public policy opportunities. We've helped to write legislation. We've helped to provide white papers um, for legislators that are doing you know, work on an area that our clients care about. Um, and I believe that when we can get everybody aligned and on the same page, it really serves our common interest, which is the community benefit. So. When it works, um, having government as a partner, I think, is always the best case scenario. So how do you interact with corporations? So corporations um, make up a large portion of our client base. We work with families and foundations as well. But, um, you know, corporations here and you know, this is not just the U.S., but certainly that's our that's our client set um, can really range. We work with private families who are, you know, have privately held corporations that are very tight. Uh, and you have to work with one decision maker and they can change the game overnight. Um, and then we work with publicly traded companies that have all sorts of compliance requirements, SEC standards. Um, and so, you know, saying that you work with corporations, it's really not a one size fits all approach. You have to look at each corporate partner individually. And our North Star is, does this business really care about moving the needle from a community benefit perspective? And if they're a startup and tiny, or if they're a Fortune 100, and the answer to that question is yes, we'll we'll work with anyone across the corporate spectrum. You got to be careful of banks these days. 
I know that's an ever evolving situation. And it's interesting. I mean, you see the bank uh, sector playing a large role in community benefit here in the US. And my hope is I was thinking about this this morning when I was listening to the radio. My hope is that that community benefit doesn't go away because there's truly millions of dollars locally in small towns and big towns across this country that are benefited by you know, foundations and, and work related to banks. And I, I hope that the banks can stabilize quickly and make sure that that doesn't change. Because in addition to the economic turmoil, losing that grant funding would be, you know, devastating to some partners. Absolutely. So let's dig a little deeper in terms of what you do. Can you, so you have programs and services and events, I assume, yeah. So, you know, the way that um, that I describe our work, we are a back of house social impact agency. So if you think about a restaurant, you have the people out, the maitre d', the waiters, they're, they're serving the food, they're making it all look good. And then you have the chefs in the kitchen that are chopping and cooking and preparing. So we are the chefs. Um, and the way that we work with each client differs depending on that client's need. The first question is, what are you trying to do in the world? What are you trying to commit yourself to? Let's get that straight. Because if we're doing something different every day, we're not laddering toward a, a bigger impact. So, so we help get people very tightly aligned on what their purpose is. The next question is, what are the tools in your toolkit to effectuate value for that purpose? So of all of our clients give philanthropically. That's that's a big piece of it, but that's never the only thing they do. Um, some clients have real estate that they're utilizing in strategic ways. Some are thinking about political giving. Some are thinking about impact investment, supply chain management. There are some partners that we have that, you know, the checks they can cut on the philanthropy side are yay big, right? They're smaller, um, but their materials they source are hundreds of millions of dollars. And if they can think strategically about how to use those dollars to think about social impact, who you're partnering with, what their environmental standards are, what their worker rights standards are, you can actually make a tremendous amount of change um, by being strategic on that side. So we really help fan out the vantage point of what it means to make a difference, what it means to be a good neighbor, what it means to be additive in, in our world today, um, and help folks make strategic decisions that are really aligned across the organization if they're a company or their family portfolio and their assets if they're a family or a family foundation um and from there for some clients that's what that's all we do we say here's your playbook go run it amazing and then for some clients we'll actually sit with them day in and day out and help activate the playbook uh, and we're happy to work with people however they need to be worked with so it, it's it's kind of a choose your own adventure by client Okay, here we go with a fun question. All right. Where are you going to be three years from today? Ooh, so on the professional side, three years from today, I would like to say that Ethos Tracking is a household name among social impact organizations. Um, the reason I say that is, you know, so often we hear people say, it's so hard to track and manage impact. I couldn't tell you what we do, but who could tell you, you know, and there's sort of this like squishiness in some of this work. Um, and the reason we created our software is because we want to take the squishiness out. We want this work to be much more strategic, much more um, embedded into the business side of, of the management team. And we believe that by having the data at your fingertips, you can make stronger decisions, tell better stories, 
um, that this work becomes much stickier. And ultimately that creates much more value for the, the home team and for the community being served. So having said that, are you going to retire and do Not something else? Not in three years. This is, this is my uh, long haul work. So I've been in social impact for almost 20 years, almost my, you know, my, my whole career has been in social impact. Um, I think I have at least another 20 ahead of me. I, I love this work. It animates me. I think it makes me a better person, a better parent, uh, a better partner. So I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Okay. So you're a family and, uh, who's in charge? Who's in charge of the family? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's a, it's a great question. I think it depends on the day. It, it, we definitely are lucky. Um, it takes a village. My husband and I both spend a lot of time, um, you know, making sure the kids are great and it brings both of us a lot of joy. So I would say we're, we're certainly a, a co-parenting situation um, and we're lucky that the kids have great schools and great caretakers and we really appreciate all of the humans that help nourish and nurture um, our, our two kids. Okay, so two kids. Have you heard of Freedom 55? No, tell me. Well, it's a term used by insurance companies. It says you can retire when you're 55. But there's another version. Freedom 55 is when your kids are 55, you're finally free. Until then, you're the bank of parent. <laughs> And my kids are in their 40s, and I'm still a bank of parent. So you really got something to look forward to. Okay. So <laughs> having said that, how many states? So you don't do social franchising yet. No. That's a term that I invented. Okay. The idea is to have an operations manual and start what you're doing in smaller communities and cities and train people to do what you're doing in their own community. And that way you could expand into Canada and other countries. You could do it in England. So you have a lot of opportunities ahead of you. I do love that model. And I'll say, you know, for anyone listening, um, especially for students, we are always seeking interns um, and, and new hires. And one of the reasons we love working with people who are early career is to help, you know, provide, you know, training, mentorship, um, early work experience. So that we can really grow the ecosystem. There aren't enough social impact professionals um, and we love helping to be a space where we grow the pie. Which, which raises a good question. Where does someone get that kind of training? So, you know, when I was in college, I don't think anyone could spell social impact. It wasn't a thing. I'm not, I'm not that old either, but it, it wasn't something in the aughts that people were really studying or having a professional service around. We still don't have a standardized program, right? Like if you think about a lawyer or a dentist or a teacher, there are infrastructures and schools and tests that people take to certify to say, I am this profession. Um, social impact doesn't have that. People can call themselves a CSR professional or a philanthropic advisor or a, C you know, a social impact agent or whatever. And it's basically just a brand that you give yourself. I think we're still pretty far off from having 
this be a standardized set. I do think we're much closer in the world of sustainability. There's a a very strong call for sustainability officers, sustainability managers. I think that the industries that need those are going to very quickly see that there has to be a standardization, that they'll need people who can jump into a job and have the training that that's expected. Um, and so I imagine we'll have some specializations and you're already seeing schools, you know, USC here in California, University of Pennsylvania, NYU, I'm sure in Canada, you know, Miguel and other schools that already have some of these programs. Um, but I imagine in the next five years, we'll see more of like sort of a harmony among those programs where people are saying, if you come to these schools, you can expect this level of certification. So Professor Miller, when are you, you going to write a book? You know, I'm not sure a book is in my future. The The SaaS platform um, is essentially my version of a book, which is I've taken my whole brain and put it into a system that's replicable, that allows people to have the value of our experiences uh, and leverage it into, you know, their daily work. Um, so I, we're, I think we're going to stick with the SaaS platform for now. So you have to expand your marketing into yeah. other countries. I Definitely. If you have tips on how to get into Canada, I'm all ears. Absolutely. So having said that, uh, I'm going to ask you, what is your website so people can find out more information? Thank you for asking. We are www.ethos-giving.com. That's E-T-H-O-S-G-I-V-I-N-G.com. Thank you for your time, and thank you for what you're doing. It's amazing. Thank you.